And uh, we'll get started here pretty quickly, which will be fun. Um, on page 140 and 141, let's get, let's get an idea for the story, okay? Uh, just to help you out, um, your job, right, is to do what for this play? Change a cover. Read it a couple of times, Watch right? It. Watch it and look for character development. Look for those epiphanies. I didn't give you the epiphany here. Does that make sense? I want you to go look for them. Where are the marked epiphanies? Hamlet doesn't miss his. It's part of why we love this play. Is he gets it. Even though it's tragic, he at least what? He gets it, which is so great. Um, so let's set ourselves up for success here. I have given you Oxford, right? Which is sweet. You got great notes. You got the Oxford Shakespeare. I also just put on the table in front of you, so everybody grab one, a hard copy, and it's on Academy Central if you want it digital. Rex Gibson from Cambridge School of Shakespeare, his summaries. And they're fabulous. Uh, he just goes basically chunk by chunk by chunk by chunk by chunk by chunk with a summary. It's 12 pages. I got permission from Rex Gibson to give this to you. Right, so it was really cool. He said, yeah, give it to him. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, can I make a handout of all your summaries? He's like, sure. I'm like, yeah, thanks. I'm like, okay, cool, dude, you're awesome. <laughs> I want to be that generous. Um, so thank you. Everybody give a shout out to Rex Gibson. Thank you, Rex Gibson. Go Rex, all right. Um, use that summary. I strongly recommend that one. There's a lot of other, other ones out there, but this is, this is the best one that I've found after, what, 20 years of studying Shakespeare. So there you go. Um, let's look at the uh, characters first, and then we'll do some themes. But already, on your big blank page here, what are some themes? Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, so revenge is a theme, and then put a little thing or a plus sign or whatever, revenge and forgiveness. Right? Revenge and forgiveness. I wrote an article on this, uh, and I called it "To Forgive or Not to Forgive." That is the question. <laughs> like that's our question of the play. What's another one? Death. What? Death, death and life. life. There's definitely a theme of death in here, but it's also like, why live? Why stay alive? What else? Identity. Huh? Identity. Identity. Yeah. Who am I? What's a human being? Identity. Love, Ophelia, it's Hamlet and Ophelia. What's, what is love? <laughs> we got it again, love. I wanna to add to this one, love and lust. Cause there's definitely a theme of lust in this play. You'll see it very quickly. Yeah. Purpose. Yes, meaning, purpose. I love that. Cause not every play focuses on that, but this is like, why am I here, right? Not what should I do with my life? Why do I have a life? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, you guys are rocking this. I'd say rather, let's just finish them up then before we get to the character list because you guys are like, we're, we're cranking them. Family, every, always, 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 always. Shakespeare play, every Shakespeare play is family. And you're gonna see this really quickly. The opening stuff here gives you a mom who married a brother-in-law. So a mom with a dead husband marries a brother-in-law and Hamlet 
is in there. So you got a pretty funky family going on there. And then Ophelia's family is a dad with no mom. And the question of the play is, where is mom? <laughs> right? And then a daughter and a son who may not look similar. <laughs> Just to plant that seed. All right. So there's a there's some broken families here, some pain-filled families. Yeah. Um, my in my family, my dad married like his grandma. Really? Uh -huh. So you can really relate to this. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah. All right. For Hamlet's family, we find out very quickly that the brother-in-law killed the brother to marry the mom. That didn't happen, right? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I don't think so. Oh wow! Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that, Rose. That's a powerful connection. Because it's really weird. Like my stepmom is pretty much in that. It's weird. So you can relate to the weird. You see Hamlet in Act One. He's like, "What the? <laughs> what? Right? It's weird." Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll give you one here. This is one of my favorite themes in this play. Trust. Hashtag trust list, right? Everybody's got a trust list. Who's on Hamlet's trust list? And trust, yeah, trust is hard. Who can he trust? It's, yes, Horatio. He actually has a line in here, I can trust like one man in a thousand, right? So, trust is huge. This is a play of questions. What? Oh yeah, loss definitely is a theme in this, right? Especially for Ophelia. Oh gosh, help her. Play of questions and answers. I get frustrated with people who just say, this is a play of questions, when Shakespeare overtly gives us what? We already got two, like let be and forgive. Like there are, there are answers here, okay? Who is there? God is there, right? He cares about birds. Like we see, so this is a huge play of questions, but it's also Shakespeare doesn't leave us with this existential vacancy. This is not just nihilism where we don't know anything. Like we have answers given to us in the play. Within the span of four hours, we get answers. Thank you, Shakespeare. One of the reasons why I'm comfortable teaching him is he gives us answers, and they're good ones, and actually they're biblical, which is really sweet. You know, kind of a win-win-win here. All right. Um, I, I don't know how you guys want to say it, what words you would want to use. I like the word shalom versus chaos, but really this is there's a theme of sleep. There's a, a theme of rest. No one can sleep. No one can rest in this play, and they need sleep. They need rest. So it's almost like Sabbath, and is there... Is, there's chaos and or anxiety and peace. I don't know what the what the words are there, but there's something going on with that. All right, one last one. Uh, testing the spirits. The dude sees a ghost. <laughs> Who is it? What is it? Is it a demon? Is it a ghost? Is it an illusion? Is he hallucinating? Is it a vision? Is he dreaming? Like what? And we, I were in philosophy class, we're a week away from testing the spirits. In this class, Hamlet has to do it. He has to test the spirits. If you saw a ghost tonight in your bedroom, what would you have to do? <laughs> test the spirits. Like, what is this thing? Right? Wow. Yeah. All right.
Yeah, one more. Go, go, go. Depression. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. Depression versus, right, freedom, right? And joy. He's laughing at the end. He's joking around at the end. He's free. Actually, during the duel, he's like laughing and cutting jokes. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, this dude's awesome. Oh, oops. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. That was totally <laughs> unintentional, actually. Glad See, somebody else caught it. Do it. There's your final project. Go catch all the podcasts, all 90 hours of podcasts, right? <laughs> all right, have fun with that. <laughs> Simple project. All right, we, got a, we still got a half hour left in class. Let's take about five, 10 minutes, and then we'll watch video. It'll be great to just jump right in today. All right, let's look at the characters, the persons of the play, Hamlet. So yes. little Ham, mm -hmm. Hammy, yeah. it's Hammy time. Oh, man. All right, Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, which is cool. His identity is a what? So is yours, because your dad's who? The king of the universe, not too shabby. All right. Wait, he's son of the late King Hamlet and of Gertrude. So does King Hamlet get a lot of detentions? Because he's late? No, he's what? Why is he late? He's what? Dead. <laughs> That's why he's late to everything. All right. So you can't get a detention. You can't get one. Uh, wait, time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right from the character list. His dad's dead, but he's still a prince? What the heck? He should be what? That's a problem. We've got a problem here. Okay. So why is, there's your question, why isn't the guy king? Horatio is a poor scholar. So is he bad at school or is he doesn't have a lot of money? Both. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> He's a friend and confidant of Hamlet. What would that be? BFFF? How many Fs do you have? BFFF? BFF? BF? Best friends for? It's two Fs. Ever? For life. BFFL? BFFE. Whatever. Okay. Ghosty. We got a ghost of Hamlet's dead dad. So there's actually a ghost in the play. All right. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Is he a good ghost or bad ghost? Good. Okay. Or bad. Okay. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. There we go. Good, good king or bad king? Is he a good king or a bad king? Well, I got to figure it out. There we go. All right. Now we know how to figure it out. We just spent a whole month doing it. Claudius. King of Denmark, brother to the late King Hamlet. So Uncle Claude, Uncle Claude, why is he king? Why did that dude? Is he? Huh? Is he older? But he's the brother, not the son. Exactly. See, we got some, we got some stuffage going on here. We got some stuff. The reason he's not king is because his brother was always a king. Hammy left should be brother Hamlet. Uncle Claude guy. Because he's in the line. Yeah, the lines are funky. The lines are funky. Here's the key, though. If you marry the queen, there you go. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Gertie, Gertrude, queen of Denmark, widow of the late King Hamlet, and now the wife of his brother, Claude. What? So, wait, wait, wait. So, was the bro code not a thing back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I love my job. Okay. That's a great question. See, play, play of questions. Play of questions right there. Is code not a that could be your that could be your final project right there. Bro code. Well, I mean, obviously it's not. Yeah, there you go, right? Well something's going on here. Or or he's breaking the code. He, yeah, he is breaking the code. Okay, there you go. Which is a 
Draw a line underneath Gertrude and above Polonius. Draw a line in your book. Everybody above that, that's a family. How's that family doing? We got a ghost in the family. We got some funkiness going on. Wow. All right, so there you go. So, is Hamlet's mom Alice's aunt, too? I guess so. Right? Wait. Right, Rose? Wait, because no, isn't his mom still his mom? But now he's. Oh! Hey, Uncle! No, the question is, Uncle's still his mom. I think his mom is still his mom. Yeah, is his uncle You know what's super fun, you guys? Hamlet does this in the play. He goes, Uncle, Uncle, Father, and Aunt Mother. So he actually says it. I've done this. My dad has a cousin who's a month younger than you. And so my grandpa is his uncle. So whenever we hang out together, we call him Uncle Gramps. Uncle Gramps. Cousin Uncle well, Gramps, brother, age, sister, like, father, son. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Next, we got Polonius, a member of the Danish Privy Council. Privy, which means secret or private. All right, not bathroom. <laughs> He's on the bathroom council. If you're doing a spoof for the play, you've got your spoof right there. He's on the bathroom council. All right, Laertes. Everybody say Laertes. Laertes. He's his son, and he goes to French land. He studies in French. Ophelia. Everybody say Ophelia. Ophelia, his daughter. All right, he's the daughter. They are, now how do you say that? They're boyfriend, girlfriends? What is it? B, F, G, F? Sure. Why not? I don't know what I'm doing. I have no, I'm just clueless. I just make it up. That's what everyone does. But there, wait, if she marries the prince, that makes her a what? Prince. And a maybe a what? Oh. Ronaldo is his servant. Ronaldo. Ronaldo, I know. He's in the play. He was really good at soccer back then. All right. Draw a line underneath that. That's another family. And what's our question there? Where's mom? Where's mom? I want you to be asking that. It's like a it's like a Disney movie here. We got no mom, right? All right. Next, we got Voltemon and Cornelius. They're Danish counselors and ambassadors to Norway. Why do we need Norwegian ambassadors? And then we got Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're courtiers, old school fellows of Hamlet. They don't show up until Act Two. They are grammar school buddies. All right. Yeah, actually, yeah. You can write the word spies next to them. They're spies. Why are the old friends spying on Hamlet? What is up with that? And then we got Oswick. He's an affected courtier. I like to write the words collateral damage next to him. What is collateral damage? Oswick. When you drop a bomb, yeah, you drop a bomb on this building and then it hits what? The building next to it, right? He's collateral damage. You shall see. Baltimore. <laughs> oh, hey, ha. We're making some connections now. Francisco, Bernardo, and Marcellus are soldiers. If we've got soldiers, there must be a what? A war. There's war. I want you to think about the external war and the internal war. First clown, second clown. There's clowns in this play, but the clowns do what? Dig graves. What the heck? Right? <laughs> like. What is Shakespeare doing? York is in the play. They didn't have him on the persons of the play, but you can put York down. He's a skull. <laughs> there you go. Quite chop-fallen, by the way. There's a priest. What do priests do? They marry. 
bury. And they bury, and they hopefully help people find forgiveness. They preach the good news. Let's see if this priest preaches the good news. Uh, <coughs> oh, I got a little something. The fact that you're asking that question makes me and he's going to hopefully marry some people, but it's a tragedy, so what's he going to do at the end? You could, like, you could count the, like, check, 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 check down this list. It's horrifying. Horton Brawl, he's a prince of Norway. I'd like you to write next to him, you kill my father, prepare to die. <laughs> Hello, my name is Horton Brawl. You killed my father, prepare to die. The captain in Fort Brown's army. Whoa, the dude's got an army, so what does that mean? Yeah, he wants he wants to use it. He's got messengers. Sailors. Which means there could be a pirate. English ambassadors, lords and ladies and guards. Guards? Why do we need guards? Danes supporting who? Why the heck are they supporting Laerte? He's like, who's, who's that dude? I thought he was going to France. Right? So Laertes needs support. Why? Interesting. And then, this last little troop I want you to look at, we've got Furnace Company in this play. Bummer they're not here. Right? Of course, they're out and about, like these guys. But uh, we got the first player, who plays the king. The second player, who plays the queen. The third player, who plays the nephew of a king. And the fourth player, speaks the prologue of the murder of Gonzago. We've got a king and a queen and a nephew of the king with murder. Wait. What? Hey, what? Huh? Wait, huh? Murder? Uh. So we're going to get a play within a play. Shakespeare is famous for the play within a play. And so that makes the characters in the play audience, which extends the audience into the actual play and draws us where? Into the play. Thank you, Shakespeare. Are we good? Yeah. I've talked way too much today. Should we watch the video? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I feel like this is one of the more confusing storylines. This, this would be a good one to act out with Beanie Babies. It would. Oh. We're not going to take the time to do it. Um, and yeah, but, but it'd be something worth doing. Yeah. Um, and that's part of why I did that whole spiel is to give you a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is what's going on and the direction we're going. I, I pointed the ship in the right direction for you guys. Let me give you one last thing. And now, I, I love T.S. Eliot. He's an incredible poet, right? One of my favorites, actually. But I, I had a heartbreak moment where I didn't break up with him as my favorite poet, one of my favorite poets. But I was like, what, dude, seriously? Really? Um, he does not think that Hamlet has motivation to be as angry as he is. You know, I showed like he's angry and frustrated, overwhelmed. He doesn't think he has real motivation. He thinks he's kind of a wimp and a wuss. What? And he says that there's no real action in this play until the last scene. And I'm like, what? Elliot, what are you doing? Right? And so before we start watching, let me just give you a couple minutes of one other thing that kind of ground us in this play. I want you to imagine, and I, I don't really want you to imagine this, but I want you to imagine, and poor sweet Rose, right? Like she can imagine it, which is intriguing. 
Um, oh, Rose, we were just talking about, I'm going to ask students to imagine something, but you don't have to do as much imagining. All right, which is intriguing to me to have a student in your scenario. <clears throat> but I want you to imagine that we are now a year from now. It's college. Oh, it's, right, uh, it's right before Thanksgiving, collage. Yes. It's right before Thanksgiving, and what are you going to do at Thanksgiving? You're going to come home. You're going to come home for Thanksgiving, and you're trying to get all your work done, and then you're like, oh, wait, you get the phone call. you got to come home early because Dad's dead. Now, actually, it was December 8th, I think, or 6th, when I got that call, and I had to come home early from the semester because my dad was dead. So I have a strange, unique connection with this play as well. I'll talk about that more later. But when I think about this play, I'm like, yeah, I remember having to come home from college when my dad died. There you go. Hamlet is in college. And there's, there's a debate about his age, but he's coming home from college. So unless he's doing college really late, he's a college student. Interestingly, there was no high school back then, so high school was what? College. So he's around your age probably. But it's just kind of, imagine you're at college, you come home, and I actually got on a train. I took the train home. Um, and uh, you come to the door. So picture you walking up to the door of your house, and you're coming in because you hear dad's dead, and you open up the door, and your uncle's there. You're like, hi. Hi, Uncle Claude. <laughs> How's it going? He's like, hey, come on in. And you're thinking in your brain that your uncle's there because he's consoling and he's gonna he's there to comfort you. And uh, you come on in. And he's like, come on in, come on in, son. And you're like, son, daughter? And you're like, what? Wait, what? He's like, yeah, I got some news for you. I actually married your mom. And you're like, now is that a little weird? Yeah, it's a little weird. A little weird. So you're trying to settle into the fact that you just lost your dad, but now, like, uncle's in the house, married to mom. That's strange. And uh, that night you're upstairs, and, and unfortunately the beds squeak. And so you're hearing them down the hall, right? Which none of you ever want to admit that you've heard mom and dad having sex, right? <laughs> But if you have, it can be awkward or not because it's totally normal in a marriage, right? And we're glad that they're doing that because it's a beautiful thing. But for you right now, it's your uncle and mom and dad had just died and the bed's squeaking and they're really loud. That's just what? Come on, that's what? That's a little, it's a little hard maybe. And then you come down and breakfast and you're eating your Cheerios or whatever you're eating. And then guess who walks down the stairs in your dad's bathrobe? Hey. Hey, Uncle Claude. He's like, hey, can I have some breakfast with you? And you're like, sure. <laughs> ah. And like, Thanksgiving's going to be a little strange, isn't it, son, daughter? And you're like, yeah, it's going to be a little strange, right? We're going to have the whole family over. And you're like, yes, we are. Like, You don't have to think that's odd. You really don't. But on some level, can we identify with Hamlet just being like weird, right? What you're going to see here in a few minutes I don't know if we're going to get fully to it today, but tomorrow you'll see it for sure, is at the end of Act 1, imagine going back up. Maybe it's the night before the big Thanksgiving dinner. 
you go back upstairs, you're trying to go to bed, and you're hearing them squeak down the hall, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're like rabbits, what the heck, right? And uh, all of a sudden, at the foot of your bed, is dad's ghost. And you're like, dad? I'm like, hi. You're like, hi dad, you're a ghost. Yep, I'm a ghost. <laughs> what the heck, right? <laughs> and dad says, hey, I know this is awkward for you, son, but, uh, or daughter, I know this is this whole thing's really awkward for you, but I'm about to make it even more awkward. That dude down the hall who's in bed with mom killed me so that he could be in bed with mom. Have a good night. <laughs> oh, actually, he, actually, he says this. Hey, uh, that dude down the hall killed me so he could be in bed with mom and take over this whole house. But for him, what the house is what? The kingdom. You're not king. He is. He's a murderer. Good night. <laughs> now, we're going to look at that more a little bit tomorrow. But you imagine going downstairs the next day, and it's Thanksgiving. And who walks down the stairs? The dude who did what? killed your dad. That's why you're home from college. He killed your dad, and he's in bed with mom, and he's taken over the house, which is actually the kingdom. And he's a what? Murderer. Now, how are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah now, he now, here's the key. Can he prove, like, could it be a lie? Could he have just been dreaming? Uh, but, but at the same time, that's the impetus of this play. Does that make sense? And so Elliot's saying there's no real motivation here. I like taking five minutes before we start the play. Is there some real motivation here? Yeah. I like talking to high school students and college students about it because I think for them, when I go back to that time period, it's just what? Weird. Weird. It's awkward at best. But the other thing is that we forget that this is a prince who should be what? King. There's that whole weight of it. Fair enough? We ready to start? Yeah. Questions, thoughts, concerns? Okay. Without giving more of the play to you, let's start watching and getting to know it a little bit. All right? We got 15 minutes, so it'll be great. We'll just get it started. We'll get going. Do you mind hitting the lights? should have it on here. If I don't, then we will need to fix that. Oh, hey. Oh, uh, come on. Oh, hey. Oh, hello. What just happened? Shakespeare? Oh. Wait a second. We may need to do this. Excuse me. I forgot. We will need to plug this in. Let me get this going. It shouldn't take long. That's right, because I have to double dip all through them. All right. We'll let it cue in. 
should be down here. There we go. Oh, hey, oh, all right. Come on, little spinny pinwheel. We love you, little pinwheel. Oh, we're not there. We're here. There we go. That was Ophelia, by the way. Okay, Hamlet, let's get it started. Let's get it started. This is so good. Do you hear the bell? What time is it? upon your hour? Woo! Aye. Tis now struck twelve. Get you to bed, Francisco. For this relief, much thanks. Tis bitter cold and I am sick at heart. Have you had quiet, guard? Not a mouse stirring. Not, not a mouse stirring? <laughs> Wait a second. You do meet Horatio and Marcellus, the rivals of my watch. Bid them make haste. I think I hear them. Stand up, who's there? Friends to this ground. And liegemen to the Dane. Give you good night. Farewell, honest soldier. And who hath relieved you? Bernardo has my place. Give you good night. Hola, Bernardo. Say what? There's Horatio there. A piece of him. Yeah. Welcome, Horatio. Welcome to Marcellus. What? Hath this thing appeared again tonight? I've seen nothing. Horatio says tis but our fantasy and will not let belief take hold of him, touching this dreaded sight twice seen of us. Therefore, I have entreated him along with us to watch the minutes of this night, that if again this apparition come, he may approve our eyes and speak to it. Tush, tush, it will not appear. Uh, what are we focusing on? Character Wait, development. Dude, that was, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Antonio. Antonio? Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of overlap. Uh, everybody go to page 145, line 29. Circle. Tush, tush. It will not appear. They're all like, hey, what's going on? They're all freaked out. Although I love that there's not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> Anybody else catch that? It's so funny. Um, will this thing appear again tonight? Horatio says it's just our fantasy. It's just our imagination. And look at it. It's like, tush, tush. Trim not to appear. <laughs> You're going to get an epiphany here pretty quick. Um, he is saying... That there's no spiritual stuff, there's no ghosty, it's just their imagination. Everybody got that? Yeah. Okay, let's see if there's any character development in the next three minutes. Down on one. And let us once again assail your ears, which are so fortified against our story. What we two knights have seen. Well, sit we down. And let us hear Bernardo speak of this. Last night of all, when Yance M. Star was westward from the pole, 
had made his course to loom that part of heaven where now it burns. Marcellus and myself. The bell then beat him one. Peace! Break me off! Look where he comes again! Most like it harrows me with fear and wonder. He will be spoke to! Speak to it, Horatio! What art thou? Let use ropes this time of night, together with that fair and warlike form in which the majesty of Beric Denmark did sometimes march. By heaven I charge thee, speak! It is offended! Speak, talks away. Stay! Speak! Speak! I charge thee, speak! Tis gone and will not answer. How oh, now, Horatio? You tremble and look pale! Is not this something more than fantasy? What think you of before my God, I might not this believe without the sensible and true avouch of mine own eyes. Uh, how's he doing? Does he believe now? <laughs> dash, dash, he's not gonna appear. Oh my gosh, like, there it is. I think it's interesting. He says, hey, Horatio, you still think it's a fantasy? Uh, before my God, so he believes in God, which is cool. I might not this believe without the semblance and true avouch of mine own eyes. Who does that sound like? Thomas. Thomas, you can write it in the margin. But what's really interesting, Horatio's a great guy. He just, he needs to what? See it. And then he sees it and he what? Believes it. There you go. He's fine. Well, there you go. Uh, we've got an epiphany. <laughs> Here's what's intriguing to me. What changes this dude? An encounter. Seeing the real thing changes him. I think that in and of itself is a great takeaway from today. Onward. And I'd like to thou art to thyself. Such was the very armor he had on when he the ambitious Norway combated. So frowned he once when in an angry pile he smote the slitted polax on the ice. Is strange. Thus twice before and jump at this dead hour with Marshal Stark hath he gone by our watch. In what particular thoughts to work? I know not, but in the gross and scope of my opinion, this bodes some strange eruption to our state. Uh-oh. Good now, look here and tell me, he that knows, why this same strict and most observant watch so nightly toils the subject of the land. And why such daily cast of brazen cannon Why are we getting ready for, for war? What's war? going on? Why such impressive shipwrights whose sore task does not divide the Sunday from the week? What might be toward that this sweaty haste doth make the night joint laboral with the day? Who is that can inform me? That can I... At least the whisper goes so. Page 149. Our last king, whose image even but now appeared to us, was, as you know, by Fortin Brass of Norway, thereto pricked on by Horst pride, dared to the combat, in which our valiant Hamlet, for so this side of our known world esteemed him, did slay this Fortin Brass, oh, who by a sealed compact well ratified by law and heraldry, did forfeit with his life all those his lands which he stood seized on to the conqueror. Against the which a mighty competent was gaugered by our king, which had returned to the inheritance of Fortinbras, had he been vanquished, as by the same covenant and carriage of the article designed, his fell. To have it now, sir. Young Fortinbras. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Hamlet's dad killed this dude's dad. Everybody got it? Yeah. All right, so now what does this dude want to do? 
Revenge! Right there, so write it in the margin. He wants revenge, all right? Oh, wait, what did I just talk about? Hamlet's dad got killed by somebody, his uncle. What? Oh, wait, so these guys can relate, can't they? They could be buddies, but they're not. Huh? An improved metal, hot and full, hath in the skirts of Norway here and there sharked up a shark? list of landless resolutes. Turns the word shark to into a verb that have a stomach in death, That's insane. No other, and it doth well appear unto our state, but to Sharks recover up, come on. by strong hand and terms compulsatory. Those foresaid lands so awesome. by his father lost. This I take it is the main motive of our preparations, the source of this our watch. And the chief head of this post haste and rummage in the land. I think it'd be no other but him, so. Well may it sort that this portentous figure comes armored to our watch. So like the king that wasn't is the question of these wars. The motive is to trouble the minds. If you're following line by line, which is great, we're on page 151, but then wait, their lines aren't here because they're on page 355, because Brano inserts second folio lines as well so this is where you're gonna to have to do this every now and then is flip back and forth so if you go to page 355 you'll see the second folio notes as well all right and then it'll come back to enter ghost in the most high and palmy state of rome a little ere the mightiest it talks about julius caesar the graves stood tenantless and the sheeted dead did squeak and gibber in the roman streets and even the like Precurse of feared events, as harbingers preceding still the fates, and prologue to the omen coming on, have heaven and earth together demonstrated unto our climateurs and countrymen, as stars with trains of fire and dews of blood, disasters in the sun, and the moist star upon whose influence Neptune's empire stands was sick almost to doomsday with eclipse. All right, we're back. You know, Below where it comes again, I'll cross it, though it blast me. Stay, illusion. If thou hast any sound or use of voice, speak to me. If there be any good thing to be done that may to thee do ease and grace to me, speak to me. If thou art privy to thy country's fate, which happily for knowing may avoid, or speak. Or if thou hast abhorred in thy life extorted treasure in the womb of earth, for which they say you spirits oft walk in death, speak of it. Stop it, Marcellus! So I strike at it with my partisan! Do it, it will not stand! Tis here! Tis here! Tis gone. We do it wrong, being so majestical, to offer it the show of violence. For it is as the air invulnerable. And our vein blows malicious mockery. He was about to speak when the cock crew, and then it started. Like a guilty thing, upon a fearful summons. I have heard the cock that is the trumpet to the moon doth with his lofty and shrill-sounding throat awake the god of day. And it is warning, whether in sea or fire, in earth or air, the extravagant and erring spirit hies to his confine. And of the truth herein, this present object made probation. It faded on the crowing of the cock. Some say that oh, ever oh. against that season comes wherein our Savior's birth Savior? is celebrated. What? The bird of dawning singeth all night long. 
then they say no spirit can walk abroad. The nights are wholesome. Then no planet strike, no fairy takes, nor witch hath power to charm. So hallowed and so gracious is the time. Gracious? Have I heard and do in part. In part, believe it. This is how you. This is how you should take a morning. Russet mantle clad walks o'er the dew of yon high eastward hill. <laughs> Break we our watch up. Who said that? And by my advice, let us impart what we have seen tonight unto young Hamlet. Let's tell him. For upon my life, this spirit, dumb to us, will speak to him. Do you consent? We shall acquaint him with it, as needful in our loves, fitting our duty. Let's do it, I pray. And I, this morning, know where we shall find him most conveniently. All right, we'll get to there. Wait, give me 30 seconds. The bell might ring. Can I just finish it up? Yeah. Just finish it up. You see the ghosty? They're overwhelmed. There's war. There's revenge. We've already done our whole list of themes. We've got our characters. What, what? It's a play of questions, but also what? Answers. You guys, Shakespeare gave us the two key answers to this entire play at the end of Act 1, Scene 1. Marcellus talks about Christmas, wherein our Savior's birth is celebrated. Well, what? who is our Savior? Christ, what does he save us from? Because he offers us what? Forgiveness. Ah! And he also mentions grace. Right there. Grace. Right in the text. What does this play need? It needs forgiveness. It needs a Savior. And it needs grace. We got the answers where? Right at the beginning. All right, have a nice day. <laughs> See ya. You guys are awesome. You can walk out to this. Have a, a noble day. Look at that set. It's legit. That's a real house. Can you imagine that's your living room? <laughs> He does, he does really well, actually. They nail it in this play. They really amped it up. They did a great job. All right, where are we here?